0: Looking back now, it's hard to believe that it has officially been one full week since, as it was coined by Brett Williams, friend of the show, and a lot of other people on social media, broadcasters, have coined what happened a week ago, the day that sports died, playing on the words of American Pie, the day that the music died. And it most certainly has not gotten any easier to live in a world without sports over the last week. Just this week, for example... I was set to call four total softball games in a span of five days, one of them for Warren East and then three for WKU over on HSSN. I was super excited to do those. It was another fantastic opportunity. I got to be a part of the first ever WKU softball broadcast on HSSN. It was a fantastic time. And I know a lot of us, not just me, we're looking forward to seeing sports continue. Obviously, March Madness would have uh, not started today, but we would have had the round of 64 kicking things off Today, earlier this week, we would have had the play-in games and the such, but this is really when March Madness would have fully gotten underway. And it it hurts to think about that, and obviously this has been a week of pain, it has been a week of learning, and hopefully for all of us, a week of growth. But it has been a week of struggle for a lot of us, uh, myself included, because my living came from and comes from and will continue to come from calling sports games, producing sports broadcasts, and talking about WKU sports here on Red Tail Radio. I know, we all know, that the life of the sports broadcaster and journalist and obviously many fields outside of those two has been compromised, to say the least. The lives of all of us who live and breathe sports suddenly comes with just a, an emptiness, is how Todd Stewart described it. There's an emptiness inside of us right now. With that being said, though, this past week... I've come to understand that with or without sports and sports broadcasting and journalism, this world, however quickly, however slowly, will continue to turn. It won't be as fun of a world as we have learned over the past week. It won't be the same world. And it simply doesn't compare to a world that has sports, but it does spin on regardless. Now, that doesn't mean we can't miss sports, because we do. And it doesn't mean we shouldn't do our part in bringing back sports As quickly as possible. I'm going to touch on that later in the show. Because we can certainly do our part in making that happen. What it does mean though. Is that there are things much greater than sports. And we've always known this. But in these times there's been a special light shined on that fact of life. There are things, jobs, and people. That we suddenly now view as essential. Even if that's always been the case, even before this, just to give a personal example, my girlfriend has always wanted to be in the medical field. She's currently in school to work towards that goal, and I, you know, I never really batted an eye at it. Obviously, as a broadcaster, you love to hear the person that you're with wants to go into the medical field because that's where the money's going to come from. You love to hear it, but now with everything going on that we've seen, not just over the past week, but the weeks leading up to it. The possibility of her going into the medical field suddenly scares me to death. Because those in the medical field right now find themselves on the front lines. And truly and honestly, they always have. Like I said, it's just that because of what's happening now, we're suddenly hit by that realization. We're being forced to realize it. And then what about those that continue to work in the factories, the grocery stores, the restaurants, and everyone working within that process to keep our economy and country and daily lives alive? Not to mention our government officials working countless hours to solve this issue. Now, whether or not they've handled it perfectly is a debate well above my pay grade. I'm not going to dig into that. Here's what I know. All of those people, and anyone I didn't directly mention that are continuing to try and work to keep things as, quote-unquote, normal as possible. All of you are heroes. All of you are heroes. And perhaps you've always been, but as it always goes, it takes the worst of times and the lowest of extremes for us to realize that. Why do I say all this to open a show that I've always celebrated being 100% centered around WKU sports and a rule that I have broken numerous times now over the last couple of months. Well, number one, and the most obvious reason, is because sports have been effectively canceled. There aren't any current sports for us to talk about at the moment. We can talk about NFL free agency, but I'll save that for the sports web. That's not my cup of tea. But number two, and most importantly by far, These are the people that, for us sports fans, can take the spot of sports. Now, what do I mean by that? What does that mean? In sports, we cheer for the teams we love and we root against their opponents. All these heroes working day and night to get us through uncharted waters are suddenly our team. Their opponent? Not just the coronavirus, but the fear, the panic, and the anxiety that has come with it and will continue to come with it. Now, I don't know how long this new matchup will last, but I know who I'll be cheering for relentlessly. And the best thing about it is that in this situation, us fans don't have to simply stand on the sidelines or in the bleachers and spectate. We can't just sit there and yell at the referees, And yell at our TV screens. We can do more than that. We can do our part in contributing to the ultimate defeat of this pandemic. Soon enough, sports and life in general will return to some form of normalcy. I don't know when that day will come. Whether or not it's closer to tomorrow or next year. I don't know that. What I do know though is that that day will, in fact, come. I know who I'm cheering for in this battle. Those heroes that I mentioned. If you're one of them, thank you. Even if not by title, if you're doing your part to defeat this disease, if you're practicing everything you've seen, telling you to wash your hands, practice social distancing, if you're doing your part in that, you are a hero. You are on our team. And I know for a fact that this team is going to be victorious. It cannot lose. Now, I don't know if this battle is going to have a running clock or if it's going to head into double overtime. I don't know that. But we are going to win. And when we do, the first thing we should all do is celebrate the members of our team, those heroes that have won us this battle. I referred to March 12th, a week ago today, as the day that sports died. And I'm not sure if that's quite fitting now that I think about it. I don't know about that one. Because I believe, perhaps more so than the day that sports died, it was the day that sports went into a slumber. A slumber that will be ended by the roaring of crowds and arenas and stadiums across the globe. And to bring it all back home, right here on the hill, life will go on. We'll continue to wave our red towels. And Big Red will soon dance in jubilation. Today, a statement was released by Todd Stewart, a letter to all of us. And it said this, when we resume play in 2020, 2021, together, we will celebrate all of our programs, athletes, and successes like never before. And I'll get back to that statement later in the show as well, because I think it's very profound, but it emphasizes one thing. And it's one thing that I want to emphasize before we go into our first break. We will get through this, and we'll get through it together. Back here at Caverna High School, 29-12 is the Warney lead. 607 left in the second quarter. That first quarter of action was brought to you by First Step Prosthetics and Orthotics, celebrating 10 years of serving South Central Kentucky. Trey Price brings it into the front court. Raiders up by 17, sends it over left wing. Carter. Yokum, Matlock, and Jones out there as well as Jordan gets it left corner. Tries oh. a three, and he cannot miss right now. Make it 12 points for Jordan Jones, his second. Kim Dry three, and it's 32-12. to 12, Warren East, a 20-point lead. Richardson runs all the way around the court on the baseline. Now kicks it out of top, 2-1. Back to Richardson, left wing. Matchup right now is Dunnigan and Carter in the post. They can't get up to him. Ball poked away, and Yokum has it for Warren East. Good defense that time in the last Great couple defense. of possessions uh, as we get some bad offense <laughs> as Ryan Carter throws it pretty much directly between Jordan Jones and Bo Yokum. Neither of them could get it, and, and that will give it back to Gaverna. And Dunnigan has to be frustrated. Yes. What an advantage, and they can't get the ball to him. Ryan Carter is listed at six foot six. Dunnigan has at least three inches on him down low as the ball is poked out of bounds on the near side by Jones trying to get it to button on the wing. We'll stay with Caverna by the Warren East bench. Richardson gets the inbound, sends it right side button, fakes a three, drives, pulls up from 12, missed it short. Carter got the rebound, lost it for a moment, now gets it back for Warren East. Five minutes now left in the quarter. Jordan Jones on the baseline, steps back in the corner, sends it cross-court Trey Price. Right corner, Yoakam, can he get another? No, this one's long, and rebounded down low by Yates. To Richardson, doesn't have numbers, wants to push it anyway. Goes right at Yoakam and, and finishes right. with the floater. Deshante Richardson now with five. Cuts the lead to 18, 32-14, 435 left here in the second. Matlock guarded up top by Wood. Got about six inches in height advantage there if we want to talk about it with Dunnigan. Absolutely. As Jones holds it left wing, back out Trey Price. I would like to see a screen, please. Price waits up top, sends at left side Jones. Jordan to Yoakam on the elbow, fakes the pass down low, now drives. Outside Trey Price. Trey, no hesitation, oh. pulls the trigger and knocks it down. A Kim drive three for Trey Price. Trey getting some minutes. Already five three-pointers tonight for Warren East. Trey Price now seven for 16 from deep on the season, over 40% from outside. It's 35-14 Warren East halfway through this quarter. Right corner trying to answer his button, misses it long, but an offensive rebound and put back from Yates. He continues to work down low. He's got seven to lead Caverna. And And it's 35-16. Offensive rebounds, that is just different. Yes. And this is not a very good rebounding Caverna team, especially outside of Dunnigan. As Matlock, nice shovel pass to Yoakum outside. Jordan Jones cannot miss. Jordan Jones with 15. He's got three triples. And it's 38-16, Warren East. 3.20 left before halftime. Pass down low to Dunnigan. Deflected out again by Ryan Carter. And Carter's doing doing just enough, like you said, yes. giving up about three inches and probably 60 pounds, I would imagine. Yeah. And so he's doing just enough to keep that ball away from the tips. As Bo Yokum will get a breather, Isaiah Andrews checks back in. The story so far, Jordan Jones nearly outscoring Caverna by himself. He's got 15, the Colonel 16. Yates left block, wants to work on Andrews, but walked with it. Or are they going to call a foul? Yeah, they're going to call it ticky-tack. They are. He definitely traveled, but I guess they'll say that it was before it. That's nah, ticky-tack, but we'll let it be. We'll As they going. get the first foul on Isaiah Andrews, fifth team foul on Warren East. both teams now with five. Rhodes gives it in left corner. Richardson thought about a triple, now pulls it out up top, and they'll reset. Three minutes now left before halftime. Now, we've been on many sides of this score. Correct. And, and right now I'm thinking, get the ball to Dunnigan please. Rhodes has it, right wing Dunnigan just standing at the elbow, holding his shorts, they're setting up a double screen up top, Richardson runs through it, knocks down the three, so it worked. He's now got eight, his second three of the night, and it's 38-19 Warren East, 2.45 left second quarter. Lock hands it off right wing Trey Price. Price directing traffic, sends it out to Carter left wing, Ryan fakes a three, drives, tries to throw one up over Dunnigan, he was... Able to deflect it. Got the rebound as well. Outlet up to Jones, or excuse me, Rhodes, and he walked with it. Mm. Tried to say it was deflected, and it probably was, and but you, that'll give it back to East. And you take away the 12 turnovers by Caverna. Different ball game. Indeed. But those, I guess, counteracting the free throws as Matlock sets a hard screen up top. On Wood, couldn't capitalize oh, and went to the he's, rim. Wood is hurting. Yeah, he is limping, and you see the frame of Kenyon Wood, probably about 120, 125 pounds soaking if, wet. If you are lucky. As Jones off a left wing inbound, misses that one, rattled all the way around and out, and credit to Kenyon Wood gets the rebound and fouled from behind by Trey Price. Five foot eight at the most. Yeah. Maybe five Six. Caverna now in the bonus for the rest of the half. Six fouls on Warren East, Still the five on the Colonels. They trail it by 19, being doubled up right now, 38-19. to 19. Rhodes, midcourt. Nice Good possession pass. so far. They work it to Dunnigan, and he finishes on the right block. Dunnigan now with four in the quarter. Make it a 17-point lead for East under two minutes left in the quarter. 38-21. Down low, Carter. Wants to get it back on Dunnigan. Fakes one way. Tries to go up and over and blocked, and at some point... You just got to admit defeat, I suppose. With Dunnigan, yes. As Rhodes has it left wing, pulls from the logo and buries it. What a shot from Drew Rhodes, his first bucket, and And it's a 14-point game. And Rhodes also caught my eye last game. He did. He's got some moves, and he's got a stroke from outside as well. Price to Matlock. Nice pass midair to Carter, and he finishes with the finger roll on the right side. Beautiful find from Caleb Matlock. Makes it 40-24 to 24 east. 1.15 left before the half. Up top, Wood. Gives it up to Richardson right side. Down low Dunnigan. Double teamed. Tries to pass it. Cross court deflected by Carter and Jones has it. Jordan pushed from behind. They don't call it. Goes down to the floor. <laughs> Another no call, but it goes to Trey Price, who then finishes. And... Everyone went silent because they didn't know exactly what was going on, but Trey Price all of a sudden, partner, seven points for the eighth grader here tonight. Makes it 42-24 as Dunnigan will come out. Kersey checking in for Caverna, 59.9 seconds left before the half. That last play was just rugby. It was. Bodies were going down everywhere. You just figured at some point a foul had to be called, but they didn't, and East was able to capitalize. Rhodes sends it left corner. Richardson, 45 seconds now left in the quarter. Up top Rhodes, pulls from deep again. This one's long, and it's rebounded by Price. Free fast break. Trey Price to the rim, lays it in, and make it nine first-half points for the eighth grader Trey Price. It's 44-24 Warren East. 24 points between Price and Jones alone. Interesting point guard, Mr. Trey. Could be the answer East has been searching for all year long. He's got a lot of run here in the quarter. As Richardson's been holding it on the right wing. Now sends it over left side. Caverna looking to milk some clock. Wanting the last shot here in the first half. Ten seconds left now. Will you want a milk clock when you're down by 20? Richardson sends it left side. Wood gives it right back to him. Right corner. Wild three-pointer on the way. Left well short. Rhodes couldn't finish off the putback. Tipped again, and that'll do it for the first half. It's been all Warren East from Caverna High School. They scored 20-plus in each of the first two quarters. They lead it. 44 to 24 at the break